Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> We're back. This is going to be the French Nationals. And uh, we, we got our boy from, from Britain who's doing his second KOTL appearance now. Back-to-back episodes. Mame and Mo, how you doing, sir? Not too bad. Thank you very much. We, 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 we're, we're flowing between Abdul and Mo. No, we're doing, we're doing that. <laughs> we might pop in a nickname somewhere on there, too. I, I was going to say, I like Mo because if he makes good predictions, then we can call him like Money Mo. What's your prediction oh. for the world? <laughs> That's right. Put all your money on this one. But we got to wait. We got to wait. We got to see how these predict. It's easy to get the recap, right? The prediction ones are the tough ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'm batting a thousand on recaps. But, uh, but, I was going to say, but, you also get messages from lefters just going, oh. <laughs> Doggy, you, especially you Brits, yeah. <laughs> dude. I, yeah, exactly. Britain came at your boy when I was. Uh, was it the worlds that or Euros? Britain came at me, but I was instigating on purpose. Also, first they came at me, then I leaned into it, and then they're like, "Okay, game on, let's go in." I think I was saying shit like, um, "Drake was better in gigs," and. <laughs> The Wire was better than Top Boy or some shit like that. And I said, some little bangers and mash. Sure. But but um, <laughs> I do like gigs for the record. I started getting uh, on gigs a little bit, talking yeah. to uh, Team Britain when I was at Worlds. And they were like, tell me about grime. And, it's okay. like that. and um, Top Boy, man, I fucking love Top Boy. Do you watch Top Boy? Uh, no, I do not. I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second one or the latest one now. Have you? Okay. So, all right, we're going to get, I'll go right back in one second. I <laughs> Let me get this out the way real quick. Top Boy, there's Top Boy Summer House. You okay. got to watch that first. Top Boy Summer House, there's three seasons. They're short. One season's like only four episodes. Amazing. Then get into the Top Boy Netflix season one. It's all okay. on Netflix, but they call Top Boy season one is actually season four. And you have to put in Top Boy Summer House on Netflix to actually watch the real season one. Okay, then. Oh, like I didn't know series. that at all, then. Dude, we we're going to all... start The Wire, because I, I heard you on Sam Watts podcast <sighs> going about it. So I was going to start that at some point. We started in Taboo also, <laughs> just because Dude, of that. 
The Wire is phenomenal. It's one of the best uh, shows of all time. It, it really is, man. It, it fucking, it's, it slaps. Aerie, and you seen The Wire or Top Boy? No, nah, I haven't seen either one. It's too, too gully for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Keep you up at night. It's better. It's better. Um, okay, let's get into it. So, French nationals, let's start with the women's. Let's not bury the lead. With all due respect to the gentlemen, France got shooters, and the women, holy shit, man, did they show out smashing world records unofficially obviously because it's nationals but oh my god they got they got a stacked women's team we could begin in the 47 kilo class where rising star turbo tiff put up a 418 kilo total we have never in our life seen a 47 kilo woman do this she's only 20 years old only been powerlifting since yesterday I mean, she literally started in, I think, 2019 in absolute phenomenal growth. This boxer turned powerlifter is absolutely KOing the competition. See what it did there, fellas. And has herself in a major showdown with Heather Connor. Heather has gotten as high as 410, I believe. Um, and Turbo Tiff, now you're looking at this, well, eight kilo, it's a bit of a spread. But Tiff has been a stitch up and down in her performances. It is by no means, I mean, this is tight. This is flip a coin tight and everybody's excited now. And the aforementioned Heather Connor has the PA Nats rolling up and she's looked very well in training. So just a little bit of foreshadowing what this kind of means looking ahead, where Tiff's at. Oh my God. We got ourselves a monumental battle to come. Um, what do you fellas thinking about what Turbo Tiff did in the 47 kilo? Go ahead, Mo. Um, I'm just watching her 155 kg squat that she did at the French Nationals. And yeah, just like you said, that it looks like that was an insane total. And it looks like she's still got more in the tank, which is scary. She, she like the previous record holder, um, I want to butcher her name. Ariel, what's the, the lady from Chinese Taipei? Chen Weiling. Chen Weiling is a gold medalist in the Olympics, in Olympic weightlifting, won worlds in classic, and equipped. Um, like, I mean, if you want to talk about a strength athlete, the top of the edge of the spear, you know, one percenter of the one percenters when you can win a gold medal in the Olympics. And Turbo Tiff comes along. Um, this is cool. What's this? It's called powerlifting. And 18 months later is doing more than she can do. Just to get like a grasp of how special Turbo Tiff is and what's happening in France, how special it is. An Olympic gold medalist, and you know how strong they are. And Turbo Tiff finds this when 18 months has already bypassed her. It's insane what Turbo Tiff is doing. You know, and she's only 20. She's not close to her physical prime. Turbo Tiff is an extremely special athlete. Um, and Penna's got one, man. Holy smokes. So, and, and Penna like, has got several world champions now. So she's in capable hands. We'll see what she's going to do in the future, but it's exciting stuff. Yeah. I mean, she already has the world record at 153 and then now she's hitting 155. So she unofficially broke the world record. She tried the 160. I don't know if there's a video of it or not to see how close it was, but she ended up not getting it on the bench. She also tried an unofficial world record, which is that it's at 95.5. So she got the 93, tried the 96 and didn't get it. So she is in a good position to, in the future, be breaking the squat, the bench, and maybe the total world record. 
And then she's not that far off the deadlift as of now. The deadlift is at 176. She's at 170. And the 170 in the meet looked pretty comfortable. But, you know, Heather's coming. She's going to probably blow that out of the water, maybe another 10 kilos or, or more. So that one may be out of reach. But to yeah, have her as a junior lifter at 20 years old, potentially having the squat, the bench, the total world record, and then having the world title as well will be, will be crazy. Because it, it's kind of been, like you said, Chen Wei Ling, who – Olympic world champion uh, or Olympic gold medalist and then powerlifting world champion on the classic side and equip side has this total at 407.5 kilos from 2015. It's the longest standing one for the total for the total on the women's side. So now you have these two lifters who are totaling more than that in their local meets and their national meets. Now we're just waiting for it to happen at world. So this could be one of those big battles. Like from my, what I remember 2015 Worlds, uh, Ray Williams and Blaine Sumner went down to the final deadlift. 2016, Gibbs versus Hack. You know, 2019, you had Amanda Lawrence versus Danielle Mello. This could be one of those battles where it comes down to the final deadlift and both of them break the world record. Someone's going to be really happy. Someone's going to be really sad. Yeah, well said, dude. And and I mean, it, when it's a battle like this, you know, neither one of these ladies are going to be like, and this well, I've seen this with gentlemen where I've said like to the guy who came in second, nobody hangs their head. You guys pushed each other to a crazy level, like all-time greatness. The number two, whoever gets silver is the second greatest, not just of the day, but all time more than likely with what they're probably going to have to put up. That happened with Marie T and Meg Scanlon for the 57 kilo world title um, in 2019. I remember telling Meg, I'm like, okay, you came in second, but you're second to her only in history. Nobody in history did what you did except for Maria T by 0.5 kilo today. Like you, you, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's that's why anyways. Yeah. I'm, I'm beyond stoked to see how this rolls out. And it's weird. Heather's going to do the world games. I don't know, like if she's going to go all out or, or what the pl- game plan is, but it's, it's tight. Cause a lot of these lifters doing world games are not doing the classic open um, in South Africa. So we'll have to see Bonica. I, is she also, is Bonica going to world games? Do you know? Aaron? Yep. She, she got the other female spot for the U S so is she going to do, do you know what her plans are for classic worlds as well? I'm assuming then if she's doing PA Nats classic. Yeah. I believe her plan as of now is to do PA classic Nats and then do IPF classic worlds and then do world games. I'm not sure after that, if she's going to do then PA equip nationals and equip worlds or what that's going to be like. But yeah, you, you have like the, the two choices. Some people like Corolla Gar we had mentioned and Tony Cliff are just saying, hey, I'm just going to focus on the equip side. I'm just going to focus on world games, go all out. Then you have the people like Heather and Bonica. They're saying, hey, I'll do both. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of strategy they deploy, which one they go more uh, all out and which one they are more conservative in. Because Bonica and Heather both have battles coming at Worlds. Put a pin in that, a little foreshadowing when we get to the 84 pluses. But Bonica this year will have some competition at the World Championships. Right. Um, so we'll see. Anything else you guys want to say for the 47s? I mean, it's a bit of a spread. Uh, Stephanie Lagarde, I mean, are very, at 40 years old. Talk about a contrast here. Twice the age of Turbo Tiff, but put up a respectable 360, which is competitive on a world level. Um, so not to be overshadowed, especially if she chooses to go masters, she definitely would be somebody to, to look after. Yeah. I mean, it looks like she's ranked 21th all time in the open 47s and third all time in the masters one. So yeah, it's a big gap, but it's, she's really strong. It just happens to be Tiff is another level dog. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. 
it doesn't mean anything if you're a gap between uh, you and Tiff. Let's go to the 52s, though. 52s. <laughs> it's another holy shit. Um, Naomi Alibur, also a reigning world champion, posted up a 445 kilo total. And it wasn't long ago. You're just a little over, like if, you know, four 15s winning the world's. She's taken that and put a 30 kilo spread on it. It is crazy what Naomi Alibur is doing in the 52 kilo class. I remember when she was a 47 and she, I mean, she's, what does she weigh in here? Cause it didn't take her much. Okay. She's a 51.8. I've seen her at a 49 yeah. before, but as a 47, she was good, but she was not going to get past Heather Connor moving up to 52. Oh my goodness. The strength that she's added and gotten out of her body as 52 a four, four, five. We've never seen anything like this in the 52 kilo class. Um, the spread she's doing as she's pushing it so far as a 52. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, and she hasn't been at 52 all that long. Now, when you take a look at the, what uh, Shizuka Rico is doing as the silver medalist in the 52s, 438.5 would win you the IPF world championships and make you the greatest 52 of all time. Any other time, unless Naomi Alibert is there doing what she does. Literally Rico would be the greatest of all time in a world champion. If Naomi Alibert didn't just do what she just did with the 445. It is crazy, man. That to just to win the French nationals, you got to do what no other 52 has ever done. Um, and, and you do that and you're coming in silver. It's, it's insane what's happening at the French nationals with these women in the 52 kilo class. Um, I would be extremely shocked if they don't send them both for all the reasons I said, because if disaster strikes and let's say Naomi had a, whatever happens to Naomi, you could still get the gold medal in the 52s with Rico. there. What do you boys say? Yeah, definitely. Um, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, because I was just going to say it's very similar to the 57 kg situation in GB where you have um, Join an Army and Bobby Butters. So both of them are just ridiculous. I mean, I'll, just looking at um, Naomi Alibert's um, 165 kg squat at 52 kg body weight, it, it just it moves too sim- that is too easy and looks like she has a lot more on that and definitely is going to push past that 445, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, like... Would- yeah. Sorry, ahead, I, was, I was looking at the records again and I was going to say the same thing. The Brits have the one-two punch in the 57s. The French yeah. have the one-two punch in the 52s. It's like the world record squad in the 52s is 161. Shizuka Rico does 161. She has the world record Delph at 196.5. Well, she did 197.5 this time. <laughs> and then the world record total is 463 and she has uh, uh, oh, sorry, 436 and she has 438.5. So you like tied the world record squat, you beat the world record Delaf, you beat the world record total and came in second place because yeah, Naomi Alibert happens to live in the, in the same borders as you and happens to be uh, beat you. And it looks like it was close. I'm not sure why Naomi missed the 195 Delaf on her second and had to come back and get on her third, but that was 10 kilos right there. So she was at 435 and then Shizuka does 438.5. So it came down to another battle where they're going back and forth on deadlift. And Omi has to put the pressure on and make that deadlift to uh, take the first place. So this has happened before. And it's interesting that so far, Nomi Albert keeps getting the better of Shizuka. But, you know, one time, you never know. And Shizuka Rico puts everything together and you have it flip. But it's, it's a ridiculous one-two punch for these two. 100% what you said 
cannot co-sign anymore where Shizuka, you know, she's telling herself it's a matter of time. I am Shizuka's doing what nobody's ever done in history in, in Sefer Naomi Oliver and Naomi Oliver just to get out of like, this is a world champion and the greatest 52 of all time. And for her just to get out of the nation as the national champion, she has to have perfect days. Like, like when your opponent is, is literally breaking unofficial world records and they're right behind you, you can't afford a bad day. Naomi Alibur has to be so sharp from nationals to Europeans to worlds. She, she, and then they do like their girl power meets that they have in France. Very big. A lot of world champions show up every time she shows up. She's got these, she's the greatest 52 of all time. She has the second greatest 52 of all time right behind her. Same flight every time. You know how sharp as attack <laughs> you got to be when you're like, God damn it. it you know? So, um, I mean, it, certainly Naomi Oliver has got nerves like steel. Whoever's showing up at worlds to like, I don't care. I have, uh, you know, this is, this is more of this, not, I don't care, but it's more, it's more the same for me. I don't have easy outs. You know, she could probably do a local meet and fuck me. Rico's there. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and on the flip side to, to further say what you were a snowball off what you're saying, Arian, Rico Shizuka just has to chill and eventually, uh, or Shizuka Rico, sorry. And eventually, you know, she's, she's telling herself, I'm putting up what nobody else has put up myself as well. I'll catch her on a day when she starts missing and I'm going to start hitting and the tide can turn And that day. That could be at nationals. That day could be at worlds. You know, I could be at any, at any, don't kid yourself. Any given day, as good as Shizuka is, she could be a world champion. She could actually post up something that we've never seen before. That's how close she is. So she just has to keep showing up. And eventually it's a law of averages. You know, if I show up 10 times in a row, is Alberta that far ahead? She's going to beat me 10 times? Probably not. You know, that's the odds on no. So let's keep going. Let's see what happens. Let's roll that dice. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. 57s, my friends. Um, Jay Jacob at only 20 years old, posting up a 465.5 when I was at the IPF World Championships. Um, she's a junior. She won the junior championships. And I was talking to my boy Penna and Penna, and she had walked out of the warm-up room that was like like this, not the warm-up room behind where everyone's lifting on the platform, the, the side warm-up room. And uh where like you could just be, you know, anyone could go into. Okay. And she was walking out, and Penna pulls me aside and he's like, You better watch for her. <laughs> and I was like, Why? What's up? He's like, She's 19. She's about to fucking like just rattle everybody's world. And um, so at 20 years old, posting up a 465.5, she's the current junior world champion and got a crazy future in front of her. I mean, she was a teenager. You know what I mean? She's, she's fresh into the scene. And as a world, I, I don't know what's her history here, Arian. I'm going to pull this up myself. I believe she's relatively new. Yeah, 2018 start. So she's a bit, you know, not not super fresh, actually. Um, a bit of a veteran there. Yeah. But anyways, got, got a huge, like a world of potential in front of her. And um, even the number two with uh, Ocean Regis, I'm probably, 
you know, anglicizing that a little too much, but she's good too with a 440 coming in uh, second here and only 25 years old as well. Got a big future in front of her. So they got some 57s there in France. Yeah, yeah, guys, go ahead, Mo. I was just going to say it'll be interesting to see how the battle at Wolves goes down too, because she's also got a massive deadlift. She missed a 210.5 deadlift. So that's 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 for 19, like you said, that's that's a massive deadlift. And as a 19-year-old, she'll keep on improving very, very rapidly. So we'll see how she stacks up awards and potentially at the end of the year where she's st- um, staying at. Well, if we toss on nine more kilo onto her total, and yeah. she's a 57, we're talking she's into the 470s. She's going deep into the mid-470s at 20 years old. If she hits that dead, like think about you know, where the rest of the world is and think about where she's going to be at. at like, I think she turns actually 21 shortly, okay. but still whatever, as a junior, anyway, she's, she's like, it's insane. If she's actually in the mid four seventies, you know, her, she's got a crazy amount of potential. A couple of things I was going to add there is, is cause you had mentioned she's uh first meet on the, on the list here in open IPF is 2018, but she totaled, 232.5 so she's literally doubled her total in four years like a lot of beginner lifters are like especially the younger lifters they're like scared to go do their first meet like oh you know i only squat 75 kilos or you know i only deadlift like 100 kilos she's literally gone from being like a complete beginner 232.5 to now being at 465.5 in just a span of four years so it's pretty ridiculous the way she progressed and a lot of people won't know unless they go out there and try it the the other thing that you had kind of mentioned with the 52s is about doubling up. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if you've talked to them what they do with Jay Jacob because she does have the ridiculous total, but then you're like seeing, oh, oh man, there's Joy, there's Bobby, there's Maria T. That weight class is stacked. Maybe we just keep her at Junior Worlds and then bring her into the open later on. And so then that allows you to double up and bring Nomi and Shizuka to World Open Worlds. Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's that's it's a tough decision. Like, you know, Jade, if it's up to her, she's like, I'd like to do open and juniors. What the hell, you know? If it's if it's possible, um, but Jade, if she had to choose, if it was me and I was in her position, if I already got junior worlds, I'm saying throw me in the open now. Although they might be like, look at you, you're going to be 21. You got two more junior years in you. Um, I know it's government funded uh, heavily in France. And because of that, it's a little different the way they look at it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it'd be really, it's a tough call. We'll have to see when it comes to some of these other, you know, national champions and where they think they'll stack up and maybe they're like, you know what, we keep Jade, we still keep our one, two punch. And maybe it's not Jade who misses out. You know, I, it depends. It's a tough they, These are tough calls. These are good, tough calls because it means you're so stacked. It's a tough decision. I mean, you know, but uh, we'll have to get uh, I guess we'll have to get Pana on for an episode like we've interviewed (laughs) some of these other lifters from different countries to see how the the setup is for their countries. Like maybe Pana knows what kind of things they look for, because maybe they just look at her total and then look at the totals from these other lifters of the world and say, oh, you're going to place fourth place. We can't pay for you to go get fourth place. Maybe they Mm -hmm. just kind of like have that outside perspective of the sport. Or maybe the French Federation can talk with them and say, these are the number of lifters we want to bring. This is the budget. And then they just say yes or no. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of method they use to see whether she can go to the open or they'll just send her to the juniors and save her. And can I just say my how times have changed when France can be like fourth place isn't worth sending you. Because we, 
because we have shooters, kid. They're like, keep your gun holstered, keep your gun holstered unless you're on the podium. <laughs> like that is that is crazy high level. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Shall we take a look at the sixty threes? Yeah, 63s. Um, so see, I mean, I'm gonna angle size the heck out of these, so I apologize. <laughs> Anyone want to take a swing? Melody, I want to say melody, melody, and and Thuard. If it's melody, that's an amazing name. Angle size because it's melody. The the funny thing is, it looks like she's been. I'm looking at her profile. It looks like she's been around a while since 2014. She did her first IPF Bench Worlds back in 2015. It looks like she was even in um, Clean Texas for 2017 Bench Worlds. So it looks like she's been around for a while. The thing is, so she won in the 63s, uh, but it should be noted how France puts together their national team. Leah Babla, I've already confirmed, who lifted as a 69. She only weighed in 65 kilos. She didn't bulk. She just didn't water cut. So she's still a 63. She's going to Worlds as a 63, and okay. um, so that's going to be that. So it won't be uh, any other 63 going forward. It's going to be Leah Bavois. That's why when you're looking at her body weight, it's the same body weight she always is. She's always floating around 65. She just didn't water cut, uh, which is setting us up nicely for um, Leah Bavois if we talk about this performance here in the 69s. At only 65 kilo body weight, Posted up a 550.5 total, but had 235 kilo in her hands, locked it out, and it looked like she might have even got the down command. I'd have to rewatch it, but it came out of her hands on the way down. She couldn't hang on to it, but it was already fully locked. Shoulders back, knees locked, the whole nine, she'd completed the lift. And I believe could not control it on the way down and started coming out of her hands. I mean, it was literally as close as you can get to not getting it. And that would have put her at her same 63 kilo body weight. She always is. She just didn't water, water cut. She didn't bulk for this because she's not staying. It would have put her at 560.5. Let that sink in. 560.5. At her, at her walk around weight for 63. It's fucking insane what she's doing as a 63. Like, what I, we'll see what happens at Worlds. You know, proof is in the pudding, but her potential is freaking, look at, let's even scrap the potential. Let's just take the 550, you know, but if you potentially put on 10 more kilo with that last deadlift, you know what I mean? It, it's crazy what she's doing. Absolutely insane what she's doing. The only 63 kilo woman alive that could press her is going to be Gara. And um, and we didn't get a good indication because Italian Nationals, Gara clearly won, but I don't know if she went full out. But she might be pulling away from Gara at this point. I don't know. It looks like she might be pulling away from Gara at this point. And when I look at the other 63s in the world, there's nobody really that can press her. If I'm honest, when I look at the 69s in the world, I don't know many 69s who are going to be able to do a 560 impressor. Yeah. She's that special. She is that special, and there's very few times in powerlifting. It, by the way, she has the 69-kilo world record, um, so this, this isn't hyperbolic for me to say, but there are very few times that you take someone special enough that they're the best in her weight class, and then you look over, and they're the best all over the world. And I don't mean just the world championships. 
because sometimes people don't make it. Sometimes that year, this one person didn't make it and you won well, or so, or they got injured well. No, I mean, just period. Open IPF, find me a 69. Like she, she's this good. She's a special fucking talent, man. And um, you got to enjoy it while it's going. Because, uh, you know, when, you, when you're in the presence of greatness like that. And as Bill would say, she didn't bother to make weight this time. But, <laughs> you had um, to bring it up. <laughs> I do, man. I can't let it die. It'll never die. And Bill's like, fucking let it die. No, sir. But um, I want her to float between 63 and 69 because it's because it is special, man. Let's see what happens. You know, not at Worlds. At Worlds, stay 63. At try for that Gara showdown. I don't think it's going to happen in 2000 uh, or 2022 because Gara's going the World Games route. But at some point, I got to see that. Unless it gets crazy. If if Leah starts posting up 560, you don't have to wait for Gara anymore. Yeah. If Gara doesn't do at least 550, you don't wait. Just move. You go on with your day. Thank you very much. That's you know, <laughs> move it along. And but uh, um, what do you like? I'm going hyperbolic here, but what are you guys saying about this? This is not so. Mo, you want to go first, or we seem to have a bit of a rotation with this? Uh, no. So I was going to say, I'm looking at um, Ilya's. I don't know if it's not updated properly, but her 210 on the FF Force channel looks ridiculous. So I believe she did 210.5 score, and that looked ridiculously impressive. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how far she can push it towards, definitely. And a bit of a water cart. Who knows what can happen? Um, it's not a lot of weight, but still, a water cart is a water cart at the end of the day. So it'll be interesting to see how she stacks up when it comes to world stage. But if she's tossing in 550, 545 even, it, it's hard to see anyone catching up to her or even giving her a run for money on the day. She's she's fighting history at this point. Yeah. It's not the rest of the world because nobody, nobody. Nobody's going to go search wherever you want. You're not going to find them. But um, she's looking at just solidifying like, dude, I, I, did you see that deadlift? I can I send know. it to you right now. Okay. Yeah, because me... I'm I'm trying to find it because she hasn't posted anything on her channel from the meeting. No, nah, she said she sent it to me in the DMs exclusive. <laughs> but, this is a KOTL I... exclusive, homie. <laughs> I breaking, got you on the same. breaking news, KOTL exclusive. <laughs> uh, when oh. I post, that's it. I'm I'm gonna get um I'll send it to you right now. You could talk, Ari, while yeah, I was gonna now. say while you're saying it to him, I guess the non-hyperbolic uh talk is that if you just stick her into the 69 kilo weight class because she weighed 65 is the squat and the total were above her own squat and total world record so she yeah. improved upon that if you then say okay what's the potential going down to 63 yeah water cutting is water cutting traveling is traveling but she did squat and total over the 63 kilo records as well so there's that potential there and then the real hyperbole or maybe potential there is if she had gotten that third deadlift if she had just held on to her grip and got the 560.5 is now we're talking about two different things one we're talking about how close is her total to like a jess bittner or a goddess sitco which we just talked about in the previous episode where there are only a few kilos above being in the 76 kilo weight class and also the history chasing is that amanda lawrence has two more points on formula than leah so the 560.5 oh, or somewhere around there could make the difference where now she has the um, highest on uh, GL points in history for the women's side. Dude, let, let me just say, so I've seen your reaction. Did you see the deadlift right there, Abdul? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, I don't think a weight cut will matter. I think you'll get that. I <laughs> just, dude, I told you. That is literally, that deadlift is as close to getting a deadlift 
is is you get without getting it. She she literally locked it out. I had um I had a buddy watch this. It was Pete watched this and was like, yeah. "Holy fuck, she got it. That's 560.5. Oh my god." It, he thought she got it. You know, like because it, it literally it looked like she got the down command and it just does, put it down. Yeah, it does. But, it looks like she, she just let it go. She let it down very quickly, but apart from that. That's it. It looked it, pretty it, quick off the floor too. She murdered it. So anyways, yeah. um to snowball off what Arian is saying, Arian, you're dead to rights. Correct. She's a 63 kilo. If she does what we all think she's going to do is 63 kilo. She might be past waiting for Gara as, as tantalizing as that showdown is. And everyone wants to see it. It might be 69 kilo time. And then after 69 kilo, a little pit stop there, grab a world. She's already got the world record, a world title. We might be talking. She could be the triple crown champion. Uh, she would be a super small 76, but she might be swinging with the 76s. Like she is not, if she got that 560.5, she would not be far off Jess and Agatha. Oh, yeah. However, however, um, I, I, I say this with bated breath because I know Jess would be like, I didn't give my best at Worlds and we know this. As a 72, I did 562.5. As a 76, I did 565. That gain of weight and the lack of, wa- of water cut wasn't a two and a half kilo jump. I just didn't have the greatest of days. So if you think that I only went up two and a half kilo from two years earlier in a half a weight class up, if that's what you think, you're you're yeah, you're gonna sh- be shocked. <laughs> so I don't th- I I don't think we've seen the best of Jess Agatha at nineteen. We haven't seen the best of Agatha. So either that's- way, if she if she smashes sixty three again, which she's going to um, sixty nine, even if she goes up to seventy six as a puny seventy six. Even if she's meddling with these ladies, even if she's in the battle somewhere, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I was gonna say. Plus, Jess always has a deadlift. It's like, oh, nice, you could do two thirty-five. I can do two fifty right after <laughs> you. Yeah, just, yeah, whatever you what need. I need. Yeah, that's the beauty I, about. I don't, yeah, we don't gotta tell you, Abdul. But, you got a hell of a dead on you too. It's a nice weapon to have. But the <laughs> the five, as far as the points, I looked up the five sixty point five. If she had gone that deadlift, and then if she weighs in exactly at sixty three kilos would give her more points than Amanda Lawrence. She'd be at 122.6 and Amanda's at like 122.2. So the potential is there where, you know, just hit the same numbers, just cutting the two kilos and going to South Africa. And you could be at the highest points and then you have to wait and see what Amanda does. It's um, look at her battle. And that's, that's a, that's a bit of the storyline here. That's where the battle is going to come down to is for Amanda as well. Likely because Amanda's so far ahead of the rest of the world herself is that the battle will be for points of the best lifter. And the best it's the world championships best lifter especially because we had mentioned on a previous episode how amanda won best lifter in 2019 we didn't have worlds in 2020 amanda won best lifter in 2021 and she's won. looking to win it again 2022 get three in a row and then leah's like hold on wait a minute i need, to, I need, I need one of these <laughs> hold, hold my croissant <laughs> i'm going in um yeah man it's a hell of a battle it's going to be so good to see how the battle for the best lift of rock and rolls um, and just fun to see what these ladies are going to do. But yeah, Leah Bavel, holy smokes, man. In, in a nation of shooters, like we're talking Turbo Tiff. We're talking Naomi Alibur. We're talking Shizuka Rika, Rico. We're talking, and then there's Leah. It's like, Frank, man, they have so many. They're not just good. They're like, history has never seen anyone this good. The fact they're all on the same national team. This now, look at. Let me just say, because their nationals is done. They might beat the U.S. head on 
the U.S. ladies haven't lost since I think like two, 2012. This will be 10 years, a decade. They might beat the lady, U.S. ladies head on. Well, I'm not breaking it down yet division by division. This isn't a prediction yet. Okay, I have to look at the rosters. We'll run the points, whatever. But that's not crazy to say U.S. straight up might lose these guys head on. It's fucking wild. It's insane. It's a new, a new, a new standard, I guess. A new, it's a new era. It's yeah, a new it's era. A new and era. That's, that's when, like, like winning when the U.S. isn't there is one thing. And it's still amazing because you beat the rest of the world. But winning when the U.S. is there means it actually for really real means, you know, there might be a bit of a passing a torch here. You know, and we could talk about, um, well, the U.S. had to split between two different feds. I would tell you, really, because what 63 would you have gotten from the USAPL that's going to beat Leah? I'll wait or beat Turbo Tiff. Well, the, it's Heather. Uh, or what, 60, what 52 from USAPL would have you put it against Naomi? Nobody. There's nobody. There, it didn't matter that they split. That's, that's a bullshit storyline. It mm. doesn't matter. This is actually, this is happening. There is no, you know, it's, uh, it's fucking wild, man. It's wild times. So w- w- we'll see. Anyways, I'll get back on track, fellas. 76s. Let's go to the 76s. And uh, and talking about shooters, man, look at Clara Perot, and I I apologize again if I'm anglicizing it, at only 19 years old, I know she came as a 76. Don't believe it. She went up to 76, but she's actually weighed in at 69.9. She's a 69-kilo lifter. So when you see her total, you got to keep in mind at at 500.5, She's a 69 kilo junior who's a teenager. Believe she's a shooter. If you, when yeah. you keep that in mind, if you're saying, "Well, as a 76 in the open," no, 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 you're not going to see that. She did that at nationals. Mm-hmm. You're you got to preview a 69 kilo junior um, who's still a teenager. She's got years to come as a junior. She's already entered into the 500 kilo range. Definitely playable on the world stage. Um, and got all types of talent. I think her brother is actually on. I think they're they're uh, and he's also one in the open as well. So they're coming from a powerlifting family. But um, yeah, she's pay attention to her. Probably at the juniors, I'm thinking. If I know how Team France does it, if they're going to make anyone go juniors and and someone's allowed to go open, we kind of had this discussion earlier, Arian, and we don't know. Like I'm just totally guessing. I think on the world stage, Jade is going to be able to hang more likely in the open. And I think uh, Clara, you know, is probably going to go the junior route because unfortunately for her, she's got like Bittner, Kimberly Walford. She's got like fucking, you know, she's got some massive and, uh, and she's not, whereas Jade is a legitimate 57. Clara is not even a 76. Right. And if she goes down to 69, you still have uh, Chandler Babb and maybe Anna down there. It's, it's about, yeah, you're right. Like the, it's, it's, it's a battle. So we'll see, we'll see what she does. Uh, maybe she goes juniors and solidifies that because in the 69 last juniors, um, Agnes of Sweden, Sweden's own took it in Sweden, uh, the world title. So Clara, I believe beat Agnes in the Europeans. So she has a bit of unfinished business. It's easy enough to move into the open when you already got a junior world title, but it's a whole nother thing to like, move into the open knowing I'm not going to win it. And you haven't, and you have a possibility of winning juniors and you never had before. Sure. You're not going to close that door just yet uh, because when you look back, what if you never won a world title? I'll be like, well, that was my shot. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I, uh, and you're a teenager. You got plenty of time, you know, you got all the time in the world. So 
it makes sense for me. And she's like her and Agnes are, are rivals now, you know, they're neck and neck. Um, we're not going to turn this into a preview show for the junior worlds, but at the 69 kilo class junior worlds is going to be a fucking hell of a battle between her and Agnes from Sweden. Yeah. The, I mean, the only thing I'll add to that is, um, like you had mentioned, her brother Nicholas also won, and he's doing our uh, the strength guys internships. We talked to him regularly, so we were talking about his performance, and we were asking him, "Are you going to go to juniors or are you going to go to open?" And he's like, "Why not both?" So potentially, he's looking to do both of them because there's enough space between June and that September uh, time period. So yeah. maybe if he's doing both, Claire will also say, "Well, if my brother's going, I'll just go with him and do both as well." So maybe she does open, and maybe just like you know focuses on just making attempts, put a PR total together, see where she falls, and then for juniors, go all out and get that world title. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see which direction they go. It's true. I mean, the only thing is with the women's, um, it's so stacked. I think they want to double up in the 52s. Uh, but who, who, man, who knows? You're right. If it's up to her, I would say do both if you can. Do both, definitely. Do, if it's up to you, do both. And it might be up to her. Maybe someone else is not going. You know, uh, we're just looking at it like she's going to get to have two worlds out of it. Um, so you don't have to take away somebody's world championship opportunity. But who knows? man? Yeah, we, we always have, uh, even on our team, like people that decline or people that accept that get injured for all kinds of reasons and stuff like that. And so, yeah, maybe someone declines or someone gets injured. Um, you also said how, you know, Leah's going to go down from 69 to take the 63 spot. So yeah. it depends on whether they take the second place 69 person, or maybe they move Clara down from 76 to take the 69 kilo spot. And then the 76 is open and then they can bring Shizuka Rico in that spot or something like that. So there's, there's room for them to play with it. I I'm, I'm like, I am though. I would literally lose it if they don't bring Shizuka Rico. <laughs> like I would be like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> somebody's you know shizuka if i was shizuka rico as soon as i left the platform and walked into the warm-up room after my last dead i'm like i would make an announcement i don't know whose spot i just took but i'm taking one of your spots so let's just have that <laughs> let's, let's just clear the air i'm sorry i don't know whose spot it is but somebody's coming up off it all right you're coming up off your spot come june relax it is what it is but um yeah let's talk about the 84s here Kelly, I think, yeah. really can't, sorry, go ahead. No, I think um, I was just reading up on Kelly. Um, she seemed to have had a good meet overall with a 215 kg squat, which looks very good. Um, unfortunately, I don't think she'll stack up as well as the other ladies in the 52s and the 63s, obviously. But it'll be very interesting to see how she also brings it to Wolves. Yeah, it'll depend on who, um, it, it depends on who shows up. I mean, yeah. Winning it, I mean, no, you're, you're not going to beat Amanda Lawrence because Amanda Lawrence is on par with some of these other ladies that we just mentioned earlier. But yeah, in terms of meddling, placing, getting team points, because there's a bigger picture here. If if the French women are going to beat the U.S. women, it's it's not just about, you know, it, it, it's the team points start adding up. Irene, does it work? It's You take the five, uh, the top five, right? Yep, top five. So it depends on whether, yeah, who else shows up, if she can maybe grab a, a bronze medal, something like that, and get points. If not, I mean, you stop people on the team. If if Naomi, Shizuka, Tiff, Leah, uh, and let's say Claire or whatever, or Jade are scoring the points, I mean, she won't score the points, but she can still be there, you know, representing the team, placing as high as she can. Looks like yeah. she's another junior lifter. So they have a young team as well that they can develop over time. 
I was going to say, is, yeah, France have got they've got loads of juniors, like ridiculously strong nineteen year olds, and they're and they're and they're strong as shit too. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. why if you think France is doing good now. Wait for a couple more years, right? Um, but yeah, it is also you're right in terms of representation at the worlds. You want to represent the nation. It's it looks better for your nation too, even if your points don't go don't go towards the team points that you had someone there that you had someone repping your nation there. And, uh, and for your development as an athlete, there's nothing like doing. You could read all the articles you want. You could watch all the videos and blogs you want. But going through it, there's something about that experience. And you just rack up that experience when you get there. And at 23, hit it, man. Because by the time you're 26, if you're a three-time veteran, now you're coming into your own, right? And it's, you start making a play. Um, if we talk about the 84 pluses, you know, I had mentioned earlier, Bonica is obviously eyeing the world games, but in ordinarily you would say, well, I mean, she can, she's got a pretty good command in the 84 plus at the world championships. Tides are turning a little bit, not turning so much that Bonica isn't the favorite. That's not, I'm not, I'm definitely not going out there, but she does have rivals now that it long gone are those days. I've been actually hit up in my DMS, um, I had a couple people saying there's obviously there's the lady from, I think Brianna, I think she's in Hawaii and, um, she's like 20 years old and she might've out totaled Bonica's it's unofficial because it's not at the world stage, but also there's somebody in the, uh, Oceania, Asia region as well, that is got a monster total coming up. So there's some 84 pluses around the world now who are all hitting around what Bonica's done. And um, Emily Mergier of France has now posted up a 647.5 kilo total and an absolutely monstrous 162.5 kilo bench. Absolutely monstrous. And the jumps in total that that Emily has been having. Um, So if previously people were, and, and I'll raise my hand and say like when somebody is just running through constantly, you know, it can, the division isn't hot. It's not the showdowns, and I'm a showdown guy. Like when Fedeshenko in the 59s. So it's hard for me to get excited if it's not a showdown. That's not the case now in the 84 pluses. Um, you know, the rest of the world is starting to catch up. And although it's going to put pressure and it makes it probably more stressful when you come into a competition, Bonica's going to thank them in the end when she looks back because now people are going to tune in and be like, oh my God, we got a show on our hands. What are we looking at here? When it starts becoming, I'm not sure who's going to win, that's sports. That's when we start getting hyped up on the preview shows. That's when I start talking crazy. Okay. That's when Mo Money puts his money with his mouth. In. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's when, that's, when I, that's when we start proving our colors here and be like, all right, easy the recaps. But now let's see. And, um, we got ourselves, uh, if, if Emily can keep this progress, who knows, man, she's made fast progress and she's internationally, you know, she's been at world. She's been at Europeans. She's been around, man. She's not going to be overcome in the moment. We'll have to see and, uh, another caveat. We've already said it before, but it deserves to be mentioned again. Half of the travel Bonique is going to come from the U S to Europe pit stop there conceivably for hours then travel to South South Africa. Emily just goes straight from there to South Africa. The half of that travel that Bonique is going to have to go through and time zone changes and the whole nine, not just travel itself, but also all the time zone changes and all, all the fun that that does to you. 
So let's, let's, you know, I don't even know if there's a time zone change at all. If there is, it's very minimal because she's going South and not, you know, East to West type deal. It, it matters. If you haven't done this internationally, it matters. Talk to people who've done international and they're like, man, so we, we're going to have a battle in 84 pluses. And that's good for that division. It's good that division's hot now. It's good we got something going. Fellas, what are you thinking? What are you saying, Mo? You could go. I was going to say, um, it would definitely be an interesting battle because looking at, looking at Bonica's lift, she has obviously the bigger squat and um, Amelia has the bigger bench. So it depends on whatever Bonica loses in the squat can always be made up on the bench on the other side and they both have similar deadlifts. So it'll be a very interesting battle to see how it comes down to. It will definitely come down to the last deadlift as normal, but the subtotal will play a massive role in who actually wins or comes on top of the day. With what you just said, like just in your 100% right now, you picture when you're watching live and this is what yeah. Bonica needed for it to be exciting is you picture watching live and oh my God, Bonica didn't get her third squat. That's it. Holy fuck. That's what makes it like, I got to tune in because uh, you're watching with bated breath. That's sports, right? But if it's like, I'm tuning in and I know even if you don't make your third, you're going to win anyways. That's tough, right? That's not as, uh, you know, probably people will catch you on Instagram highlights type deal. That's not going to be the case now. We got ourselves a battle. What are you thinking, Arian? Yeah, it would be interesting to see how close it is. We're not doing the whole preview show, but Bonica did do uh, last year 671 and she's done 675. But also the last time she was at Worlds in 2019, she did 640. So it just depends on her training and life and stuff like that. And then it just depends on, I'm not sure exactly how her equipped training goes, like when she has to get in the gear. So like when you're four weeks out potentially from World Games and you have to do a meet and travel to South Africa, how much is she going to be training in the equipment before going to South Africa or during South Africa? And if if she's going to stop it for how long or if she's going to continue to do it and whether that would mess with her peaking for the raw side or not. So uh, it would be interesting to see whether she just comes out all out and is on her on, on her uh, game and puts up a big squat and just kind of cruises on the deadlift at that point. Or whether, yeah, the squat's down a little bit, she loses ground on the bench press, maybe then it's tied and subtotal going in the deadlift and it gets really yeah. interesting. Dude, I mean, look at people start emerging. When you're as competitive as France is and the French women in particular – People just start emerging. Like Emily Emerge is like, let me join this conversation of future stars. You know, like let's, uh, it's like they have such a stacked team from top to bottom, from 47s to 84 plus. They are just stacked over there in France. They might do it. First time since 2012, 10 years in the making. You know, and you know, US is coming in being like, you won last Worlds, but not when we were there. It doesn't yeah. count. A lot of people were saying this. It doesn't count if we weren't there. Well, it might not matter. France has got an opportunity to be like, it doesn't matter if you're there or not. We're going to show you that. That's going to be dice. That's that's entertaining stuff to watch. I'll have to see. Woo wooey. Can't wait for the can't wait for those worlds, the preview shows, and the whole nine. We'll see what happens. You guys ready to go into oh sorry, should we do the best lifter? Oh, we can always do that at the end since it's all combined okay. results if you want to just go right into the men's. All right, let's go to the 59, sir. Um, all right, so Antoine oh, Garcia is the way I read it. Is that the yeah. way you guys read it? Antoine Garcia put up a respectable 566. Uh, yeah, 566.5, which 
is going to be competitive with um, Fedoshenko not going to be there due to being a Russian athlete. Russian athletes will not be at the IPF World Championships or any international championships for the conceivable future. So where that puts them, I'm not exactly sure. It will depend who does show up, but it is going to be competitive. 59 kilo class is never stacked at the world's. There is not a lot of gentlemen walking around 130 pounds lifting weights. Usually lifting weights is going to bump you out of that class. So it's not going to be a deep field. We'll have to see who ends up um, showing up. Yeah, it'll be interesting because there's a, I'm looking at like 59 kilo class from 2021 and there's a number of Russians on there. Then you have Franklin Leone at 597.5. You have a couple of USAPL lifters that are probably not going to switch over. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if like, you know, there's a lifter from Bulgaria that can do 552. Um, and maybe he's going to be up there in the podium. Well, it'll be interesting. He's got a shot. You know, that's a medal for France right there. Well, well, obviously this is far from a preview show yet. Some of these classes are harder to call. Some of the classes you're pretty sure you know who's going. Others, you're not sure. 59s is one of them. How about that 66s, though? All right. So for anyone listening, let's get into it. Um, Julien Mergier of, uh, got a 495, took the French Open 66-kilo title, um, and, and hats off to him for it. Now, if you're listening, you're like, hold up. Yeah, Pena was not there. Pena is the reigning 66-kilo world champion, reigning uh, European champion, and um, he's posted up a 700-kilo total. But... He was injured, had to pull out of nationals, slid in the DMs, asked him, what's the scoop, my man? Can you still go to Worlds? Yes, he can. So the returning world champion for the IPF Worlds, Pena, he'll be there. The big question now is not will he be there, but what condition, what shape, how bad was he that he had to pull out? Because when he posted videos on why he pulled out of French nationals, he had difficulty locking out a deadlift and it was not much more than the bar. So it's some serious injuries here. Not a hell of a lot of turnaround time. So it'll be in, and the 66s at Worlds is going to be uber stacked. You know, we have several gentlemen, I got to tell you, Arian's athlete, uh, Jonathan Garcia, capable of a 700 kilo total. So he is going to have to be on his A-game, Pena, if he's going to retain his title. And uh, as of now, definitely not at the starting point that he'd want on this block leading into Worlds. We'll have to see how that story progresses. Yeah, just just to add in there, it's uh, interesting, like, these two guys, Julian and Valentin, they're coming to Nationals. They go, like, you know, Pena's going to beat us by 100 kilos, whatever, we'll, we'll bow for the podium. Next thing you show up, you're you're bounding out for a national title. So again, just to, it's all points to the things we say. Like you have to show up, you have to compete. You don't know who's going to show up, who's not going to show up. What what kind of uh, strength levels are going to be at? And it looks like Valentin tried to pull for the win as well. They both show us sixty five point nine kilos for their body weight, but it was probably two decimal places at the meet. They just don't show it here. So mm-hmm. he took a ten kilo jump to probably tie in total and win on body weight or put the pressure on. And he ended up missing that. So it was actually a battle for the national title. But those two guys probably didn't know that going in. That's why the you got to show up. And look, yeah. even if like, look, yeah, you're not going to the world, but you, the, you got the French national title. And France is not a small nation when it comes to powerlifting anymore. Like this is, you know, it's a title that means something. It's a title that's going to mean more and more as the years go by. 
you know, like 10 years from now, France is God knows what kind of, you know, world titles France will have. So when you say, yeah, it was a French national champion, it's going to be more and more as the years go by for sure. Taking a look at uh, the 74s, fellas, and uh, it's it's Land of Rambo, who, <laughs> <laughs> who at the World Championships um, took a bronze, or sorry, a silver behind uh, Alexander the Great from Sweden and uh, posted up uh, 727.5 kilo, which is around what he's done previously, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, what do you think in there, Mo? So um, his 727 is just 10 kg above what he was able to do at Euros. Um, looking at his videos, though, his deadlifts look ridiculously easy. Like, he looked like he maybe had a 322, give or take maybe a 325. So it'd be very impressive to see what he can actually do when he goes all out. And obviously, he will have to go all out if he wants to not stay close to Taylor Howard, but maybe potentially catch a silver medal if possible. So, yeah, it, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, he's going to – he's got a bit of a – a rivalry going with Alexander because he yeah he lost out to him at Worlds and then again at the European Euros. Championships and um, so this is going to be the third clash at a very high level between the two of them. One of them's walking away the silver, one of them's walking away the bronze. Unless there's other people we haven't thought of, but neither of them are going to walk away with the gold unless disaster completely strikes with Taylor Atwood, which would be the upset of the century. Um, but. <laughs> But we'd have to see. What do you think in there, Arian? Yeah, I mean, I guess like Rambo just kind of has to still focus on himself because it looks like, you know, at, at a local meet before Worlds, he or maybe it was actually Nationals before Worlds, he hit the 725. Then in the two international meets, he hit 717.5, so mm-hmm. it went down. Now he's back up again at Nationals hitting 727.5. He needs to figure out how to put that on the on the big stage and be able to perform well, you know, when it is international travel and the higher level referees and all that kind of stuff like that and execute. He also did have to do four meets in 2021, a lot of them back-to-back in the second half of the year. So maybe this year their schedule is a little bit more normal. They can space it out. He'll have time to recover and execute on the world stage. But, yep. There's potentially some other lifters out there. Like there looks like there's a lifter from Australia who did a, a seven, sorry, seven thirty-five total. So could be a competitive there for the podium. Also, um, Chris Kennedy from I think New Zealand or Australia is coming back. He he left and was fighting in MMA. Okay. And uh, and hang on a second here. In twenty nine, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, looking at uh, 74 kilos, there's a Leonardo Suitra from Australia at 735, Stephen Day from Australia at 730, and then Alexander Erickson and Rambo. Because um, Chris Kennedy at one point hit a 755, this is years ago, yeah. and left, fought MMA, came back. He was top five in the world. Uh, top five in the world, like whatever. Like, uh, like this is USAPL, the whole line. This is when USAPL was with us. And um, – he left, was fighting in MMA, and now he's coming back. And I've seen he's hitting PRs in the gym, he was saying. I don't know if he's back in time to qualify for this Worlds or whatever. I haven't – I haven't. that's what – there's nationals all over the world. So it's what nationals, I don't know. But um, I know he's, he's lifting again. It might be too late for him to try to qualify for Worlds, though. I'm not sure how Australia is doing it. Yeah, if it he does like, go to Worlds. Like, looks like he's New Zealand, and yeah, his last total is July 2020. If he, yeah. um, I don't know if he, there's a meet that he could, I don't know when New Zealand's, how's New Zealand doing their team? 
Uh, I'm not sure how they did it, if they had to go to Nationals or not. Who knows? Either way, though, he, he's definitely he's world class if he can make it. But, um, yeah, so just a, a little preview there. Rambo's got himself – I mean, he's – if he could – I think you're 100% right. If he could replicate what he does at a national level, local level, he'd be all right. In the 83s, Pierre Renault hitting a 745 – and uh, and clinching his tight. It looks like it was a tight race, though, with Valentin here w- hitting a 743, so just nudging it. But uh, Pierre with the 335-kilo deadlift, uh, holy smokes, does this young man got a deadlift on him. Now He's the, he's the one who pulled the, the world record at, uh, I believe it was Europeans, 338.5. Yeah. Now, Giannis... Buchu is another guy that um, was at the world championships. He's in the late seven hundreds when it comes to his total. And I, I, I want to get an update on him. Cause again, Pena Coco, both not at nationals, but we'll be on the national team. I'm wondering if Giannis is going to be in there or if Pierre's going to make it. Cause Giannis, what is Giannis's biggest total that he's got? 783. All right. And that was and that was probably from last year as well. Yeah, that so was Gian- a new race. So Giannis conceivably could be closer to 800 kilo range again. Now, once again, you hit 800 as an 83. Um, you know, you're that that's the world class level there. That you're at the elite of the elite. So I'm wondering if Giannis. I don't know why he wasn't at nationals. If yeah. he can make worlds, if they're if it's going to be like Pena and Coco, and they make a decision, look at Giannis as a possible podium here. We're going to put Giannis in there instead. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, potentially to have some kind of leeway. Like I know for you guys for the CPU, like if you can't do provincials, like if you're injured or whatever like that, you can apply and get an exemption. So maybe they have the same thing for nationals. Like he's you know close to forty kilos above PRA now. He can probably just put in and say, "Hey, listen, I can't compete for this reason, whatever like that," and they'll just accept that that total. I think they'll accept it because they're doing it for other people. The thing is like, is the reason actually going to impact worlds as well? That's Mm -hmm. what I'm wondering. Same thing with Pena. I mean, you hope they turn it around, but if they don't, you know, someone else might be going. Yeah. 93s. Land of the 93s. Richmond Baden. Now this is a a TSG athlete, right? Arian. Yep. Yep. Jason coaches them. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Jason was telling me, he was a former boxer, national level, if not a national champion, um, fought at the nationals and medaled. So, and he's only 20 years old, young guy, and he's already squatting 300.5 kilo. Ended off on 818, but I think he's better. I think he's got more in the tank because I've seen him squat 300 kilo for a double, but he's yeah. young in the gym. Like he's, he's capable of more, but he's a young dude. He's only 20 years old. And he's in terms of like his progress as an athlete, he's just scraping the surface. Like he's going to start taking that for a ride. Um, so not sure exactly what the game plan is, if they're holding him back a little bit for, for nationals or, or what it might've been like, he's still relatively new in terms of the sport as well. So, um, but he's got a world of potential in the open as the 93s. He's not going to catch up to uh, Keiko chance yeah. Gavin Eden. Um, Gustav Hedlund. He's not doing that in this world. If he goes the junior route and he puts together, you know, adds on to his total, like I think he can. Now we're talking. Do you have any inside poker on that there, Arian? 
on well, junior or open? Uh, I don't I don't know if they're going to nominate him for the Open, but I know Jason's original idea for Richmond was, yeah, just to send him to Junior Worlds in Ecuador. And he competed in, in the Junior Worlds um, last year and got third place. So with this kind of total continue to build upon it, you know, he has potential to win. Yeah, I think he should go probably that route if he could win it. Because the 93s in the Open is going to be absolute murderers. It's a murderer's row. Yeah, and it was... It was Gavin Aiden who actually won the juniors last year. So Gavin's moving to open. And then you have Matt v- Matt Venna from Canada last year that got 772 and Richmond had 767. Now he's up to 818. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, he's so fresh. He's gonna he's gonna build so many more kilos on his total. I mean, his his progress is gonna be fast in the next couple of years. 818, you know, people in the open are like, 818, I'm going to worry about that. No, uh, when the kid's 20 and he's per- and he's doubling 300 kilo in the gym and he's just like, hey, this I'm kind of getting into this. You pay attention, man. Like in the next year or two, he will be a problem. What do you think of Mo? If you're in his shoes, you think of the uh, junior worlds or? Definitely junior worlds. I mean, he's 20. He's got a lot of time. There's no point rushing into the open straight away. And I think he's got an interesting battle from our own GB, James Adduck, who's also recently moved into the 93s. So I think that would that would work out to be a nice battle. Um, obviously, um, he's James is not as great is not as a good adventure as um, the French lifter, but it'll be interesting to see how the their lifts stack up in the end. James is hella strong. Yeah, James is hella strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's 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 definitely a world class junior. That'll yeah. be a hell of a battle at Junior Worlds. How old is James? I think he he's aging out this year, so he's twenty three. Okay, and that's another yeah. thing for Richmond, man. He's 20. He's going to be a junior for three more years. He's got a lot of time. Just relax. He was, a, he was a teenager when he had to face Gavin Aiden. How unfair is that? When you, you got Gavin Aiden and you're a teenager, yeah. you're like, well, fuck me. This it, is going to be a tough ask. It's funny, too, how we're, like, shrugging off a 18-kilo total. And you go, like, a few years back to, like, you know, Alice McLean and Dave Ricks and Lane Norton and David Coimbra, and they were all in that 800 to, like, 825. 830 range now we're like Winning 18 yeah well, 18 that's nothing you need you need 875 to 900 now yeah well i mean it's yeah, new standard it's new standards now the yeah, junior weight now but um richmond will get there man his progress is being is pretty nuts so um all right should we move on to the 105s fellas yeah and so again coco ordinarily uh coco clement bronze medalist at the worlds he's hitting into the 900 kilo range um opted not to go into this i think he got covid if i'm not mistaken so i think he straight up wasn't going to be able to go uh but will be able to go to the world championships coco's a super young guy too i think he's still a junior and um i'm expecting him to go over 900 kilo and be competitive in the open like he was last year uh regardless that the the americans are coming this time that'll be more than likely michael davis and uh but there'll be some shuffling because Anatoly, obviously, from Ukraine. So Anatoly, who was the best lifter at the World Championships, won't be there. So um, we'll have to see how it shakes up. So, yeah. So I don't want to mess up his name here. Who wants to take a stab at this? Rakendi? Uh, Rakendi Fafil. I think Rakendi Fafil is it. He is the 105 kilo national champion at the at the French Nationals, no less. So it's not a small feat. Um, but I believe he will not be able to get to uh, the worlds. You might see him on the international international stage at like Europeans or something like that, though. 
um, because he did win a national title. He's also 33, so he's pretty aged into the weight class already, too. But he's, yeah. All right. So, veteran lifter. He's a veteran lifter, my man. That's it. And it also goes back to um, show up. You never know. You got to show up just because you think someone else is there. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's world class. Yeah. This guy's like top end of the, of the whole world. I don't know. Now you got to show up and see. In the 120s. Now, this is the brother of Clara Nicolas Peru, still a junior, um, opted to go into the open because he could, took the national title here with an 875.5. But we're expecting him to go into the more than likely – I mean, he, it depends, right? Because he weighed in as a 106.7 body weight. Like he's really a 105 junior, but so is Coco. And although Nicholas is, I mean, for a junior 105, 875.5 is still good. He's probably not going to be Coco head up now. So if you sign up for 120, expecting Coco to show up, Coco didn't show up. A bit of guesswork here. I'm thinking Nicolas is going to end up in the 105 Junior World Championships, if I had to guess, because um, 875.5 will be competitive in the Junior World Championships as a 105, and I think that's where we're going to see him. Hats off to him. He gets to collect an, a national title in the Open at 120, so the resume just continues to grow. We'll have to see where they end up slotting him in, but if you're going to get a world title or a podium finish, depending on who shows up for that, what are you thinking, Mo? Uh, definitely makes sense for him. Yeah, Coco's definitely going to want to go in the open. So it just depends on what Coco wants to do. If Coco wants to do like everyone else, do open and then juniors. I don't see why he would want to do juniors. He, I think he's pretty focused on succeeding in the open. Um, that'll just open a slot for Nicolas to basically take a take a stab at competing in the juniors 105 to see where he can place. And then it's it's the brother and sister hoping if you if they could both win world titles, it's an amazing storyline. And like Definitely. his sisters, right? And his sister's probably going to junior world. So um, you know, the parents don't gotta go all over the world <laughs> to watch their kids. One simple you know, trip. You know the parents are like, why don't we all just go to Ecuador for a week? And I mean, <laughs> you know, like you're putting pamphlets of Ecuador on the on the dinner table. You're like, come on, guys, fucking work with me here. You're killing me right now. Um, but uh, what do you think, Arian? The, the other thing I was just going to mention that I remember Jason had mentioned to me because I asked him about Richmond is like, do they have to then do junior nationals or does this total count towards that? And he says, unfortunately, they have to do junior nationals as well. So that's another aspect to think about is they would have to do two nationals do two worlds and put possibly Europeans in there as well. So now you're doing five meets in one year just to do both juniors and open. So potentially they may just cut it down and do the junior nationals and then junior worlds and then maybe Europeans if they can fit that in there. So that's just another a wrinkle that I was thinking about. And um, Nicholas actually coaches his sister, uh, Clara. So it'd be easy for him to go the same place as her. And they both go like, you know, junior worlds and he like handles her and then also competes. Dude. I got a sister and I know how brothers and sisters fight. You better fucking not mess that up. Like, they, they, they could fight behind the scenes, but at least what they post online, they seem like they're really close as far as the relationship and yeah. they get to, they get to compete together and travel around and stuff like that. And, and right now Nicholas's a uh, significant other, Charlotte Vidal, who's also IPF referee and competitor. She oh, coaches, I know her. She coaches him. So like she coaches him and they fight all the time. But as far as I know, Nicholas coaching Clara, they don't fight all the time. <laughs> 
dog. I don't think you were supposed to say that, but anyways, um, <laughs> it, it, it's typical. It's typical as far as a coach and athlete always like you know arguing over attempts and like oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, or stuff like that. I got what you mean, dude. What a dynamic! This is like a fucking reality TV show. <laughs> They're the ones who need a YouTube video blog. I want to see what's going on over there. Um, <laughs> I met Char- Charlotte. Super duper nice man. She was with the French team uh, coaching at the IPF World Championship. She's super nice. But then I probably met uh, Nicolas as well there. Yeah, they, they're all, I guess, probably kind of started coming around the same time. And, yeah, she's been going to help um, handle lifters and referee. And they're trying to, like, you know, develop France the same as, like, Pana and all these other lifters are doing. She was in that infamous picture when we were all throwing the guns. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, she was in that pick, man. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> um yeah no kidding okay wow so yeah i bet you they will end up going to uh to ecuador and we'll see what happens there especially with i didn't know that like that pretty much solidifies it if they also have to do junior nationals coco's not doing that yeah coco's, <laughs> coco's not doing all that before open he's got to open he's not doing that but if you're doing um these these lifters who did the open they could go full send in the open and try to take an open title. That's pretty cool. And then junior Nats, if the competitors and juniors is uh, obviously going to be lesser than the open, they could just maybe cruise through those junior Nats and go full send in the worlds. So that makes more sense. That actually adds quite a bit of clarity. I'm glad you added that area. And I think that we see the path now. Final weight class. Final weight class 120 120 plus. plus. Stanley Odin. 23 years old. Uh-oh, we got another junior. Here's that conversation again. Um, hits an 890, had a big 372.5 kilo deadlift. Now, usually when you're looking at the 120 pluses, they're squat heavy. Yeah. And the deadlift, and usually squat more than they did. This guy squatted 315 and deadlifted 372.5. I'm used to seeing 120 pluses with those numbers flip-flopped. But um, I don't. I I like a big pull every now and then as well. So Stanley Odin as at twenty three. Again, we're gonna have to wait and see what route he decides to take. Um, he showed up and snagged himself an open national title, but his ambitions might actually lie with a junior championship um, and see what he does there. Because if he's gonna go to the open, he's got guys like eight ninety. He's he's not gonna want to battle with a guy like Jesus Oliveras. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jesus is, is, is an absolute monster. Unless, I didn't see all Stanley's lifts. I saw the deadlift. Unless he somewhat sandbagged the squat. Because that 315 for a guy his size, if he's deadlifting that much, he might have sandbagged that squat. I'm not sure. I didn't see all of his lifts. So maybe he's got a whole lot more in the tank. He just did what he needed to to solidify the title. What do you I was going to say, he does look like a very tall lifter. So I think that's why he's very good at the deadlift. So he's got the big size and the leverages for, to pull big. And then just because it's so tall, it's a long way up and it's a long way down. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. Obviously, just 23, definitely just started the sport not too long ago. So he will be progressing very quickly. But yeah, a 388 attempt is insane. And it'll be interesting to see how he pushes that at the time. That's what I was going to mention is with that 388 deadlift attempt, you know, maybe you can go to Worlds and try and get a deadlift medal. You know, maybe Jesus is putting up, you know, a 400 kilo deadlift, but if he can get 375, 380 might be good enough for silver. Then the other thing I'll add in there, Ryan, which might change your story a little bit is from what I've seen on social media, Stanley coaches Jay Jacob. 
So if Jay Jacob goes the route of going to the Open, maybe Stanley says, well, if I'm already going to South Africa, I might as well compete as well. Here's the thing. You're right. He, he um, The flight and everything isn't as nasty. So maybe he can go just the coach. But... Yeah, I don't know because because what can he do at a Nash at the world level at the juniors? It's tough to pass up because this if, at twenty three this would be his last chance. Yeah, so it'd be one of those deals where like you're about to close the door on this if you don't do this. I don't know. It's totally up to him. You yeah, know, he, it's, um, he potentially could do the the route of doing both, or yeah, maybe just going to coach and focus on juniors. Though I don't, I didn't look at the rankings, but the. Junior world record deadlift is 385. So he could potentially just take a shot at that at Junior Worlds. I'm telling you, I mean, you could take a shot at that at Open Worlds as well. Uh, but he could actually win. Like, I, I don't know who's going to show up at Junior Worlds. This isn't a preview show. Maybe, maybe there's someone else I'm not thinking of, but because uh, I know Jesus's brother is also a junior and a monster as well. But he could, like, if he goes, uh, I don't know, it's tough, especially in your last possible year as a junior, like, Mo, if you're in this guy's shoes, you're 23. Your opinion, if you're 23, I missed out. So I missed out on my opportunity to do um, worlds because um, I felt I was 23 in 2020 when we had the oh. lockdown. So yeah, I will definitely do worlds in a heartbeat. Um, I'll definitely do juniors in a heartbeat. Definitely. I mean, I get it. It's true. It's not the same. Some for some people, they're like, um, you know, junior worlds isn't worlds for me. It's got to be the open because it's like, well, it is though. Yeah. Like in every other sport, like I'm in, I'm in Canada. Hockey's huge. You win um, junior worlds in hockey. Like when Canada wins, we have fucking parades, man. Like junior, we give a shit in all these other sports, you know, like collegiate basketball, collegiate football. It fucking matters. I don't got to tell you, Arian, like collegiate basketball and football, like it. So this talk about like, who cares? Like, nah, it's big. I, I don't know. <laughs> about that i but some people like for instance you know we got we already talked about people like coco who are like no i'm going world so we'll have the to see. the i pulled up the lifter who won to 120 plus juniors last year is uh timor from georgia and he totaled 912.5 at 19 years old so definitely some competition there <laughs> too, if he shows up but that could be a good battle for him again maybe a world record deadlift um to go along with it so it could be still worthwhile and again, it goes back to what we've said before with with both um, Great Britain getting recognized, but also like France getting the government funding is like anytime you can go back and tell them, hey, I got a world title or I got a world record or even like a, a silver and a world record. Um, they don't know the difference between juniors or open or, or equipped or classic potentially. They just want to see that the French team is going and producing results at an international stage so it can help them in that aspect. You want a return on your investment for sure. Like, yeah, for sure. It's got to look – that's probably why – if national team coaches are putting this together, they're, they're thinking exactly that we need a return here. You know, like the government's given us this funding. So there's something on this. So if I think you're going to snag medals of juniors, you're not going to in the open. Um, that that's the team you're going on. Whereas Coco, if he's like, I think you're going in the open, like you're, you're, you're a beast. You're going to, or like, you know, so it depends. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not as familiar with the 120 pluses and juniors. I mean, Jesus was a junior for God's sake. Like you got monster juniors out there and yeah. we all know what Jesus is all about. Yeah. And then finally for the point, since you had mentioned it on the women's side, first place was Leah with 118.1 Tiffany Chapon second with 116.12 and then Naomi Alibert with 112.57. And then it's interesting 
you know, it depends on whether you want to com- compare points from men to women, but the top six lifters in the whole championship were all females on points. So the top six females beat out all, all the men. But on the men's side, Richmond Baden or Biden won first with 107.6. He pulled the second deadlift to beat out uh, Nicholas Peyrot at 107.29. And then Rambo right behind them at 106.81. So pretty tight there on the men's side. I think it is two different calculators though, right? So I, we can't really... It is, it is two different yeah. calculators. But one way you can think about it that I try and tell people is like, it's showing how dominant you are in your group. So if you're trying to compare, you know, uh, someone in basketball to someone in football or something like that and say, okay, how dominant is Michael Jordan compared to Tom Brady? It's not necessarily one-to-one, but you're trying to see how good they are in their sport. So here it's like, okay, how good is Leah compared to like Richmond or something like that? Oh, fuck. Jesus. Yeah, man, this is Michael Jordan. Fucking uh, Leah's like, well, well that's, we why, that's why, Leah, that's why <laughs> Leah enough, has fair enough, fair enough. 10% yeah, more no. points than, uh, or even more than 10% than Richmond. Enough said, man. Leah, Leah could probably go to Worlds and fucking win a national team title for, but, you know, she could be her own nation competitive. But it just shows She'll like go we know three we- different weight classes. She's like, make it three different days. Make, make, make them three different days and let me see what happens. And Leah could be like, that's like the old like you know UFC and stuff like that where they have or not UFC but other MMA federations where they have like the tournaments like oh let's go again let's go again, uh, <laughs> dude Lee is a special but, athlete. But this is just even... but this just shows you for the whole women's side like you just said let's just open up with the women's side because that's where there's more athletes entered and more competitive. All the names that are are above all the men are all the people we're talking about: Leah, Tiff, Nomi, Shizuka, Jade, and Emily Miazier are all world champion level. And they're, yeah. they're above. That's why the women's side right now for their French national is so dominant. Yeah. I mean, the top three um, or top four, like are literally like doing things we've never seen done before in that weight class, you know, from Leah to Tiff to, to Naomi to Rico, they're just all smashing world records. And then, um, you know, Jay Jacob and, and Emily. Yeah. Fuck, it's crazy, man. It's not so. Um <laughs> My man, Abdul, we, we kept you, man. We kept you late. You're fine. Oh, it's fine, bro. It's You're fine, okay, sir? Okay. I'm good. <laughs> All right, good. We, we kept you for two two these back-to-back. I mean, sometimes it always happens like this, though, Arian. Have we ever had a short episode? Like, ever? There's there's ones, like maybe the news ones, where we're like, hey, we have to bang out these news points. Let's go through them quick and finish yeah. them. Versus this one, I was like, yeah, what if we spent, like, you know, 20 minutes on this, 20 minutes on that, 20 minutes on this. And then it turns into 45 minutes on this, 30 minutes on this, 30 minutes on that. My prediction was way off. <laughs> it's um the thing is too, when we do those short news ones, that's after we'd already recorded two podcasts back to back and we're two and a half hours deep. And then we're like, let's finish off with the news one. I don't think we ever get together and be like, we're only going to talk for 30 minutes today. <laughs> 30 minute days almost never it's, it's hard enough with time zones and schedules to get everyone on so we're like let's just bang out as much as we can i was gonna say like you put so you put so much content that like it makes sense if you're doing a massive block where you do like two three episodes and then you and we'll play it over time it, it, it like the way it works with all of these nationals and major meets happening on the same weekend you know you you couldn't like to get everyone together like day after day after day to do this yeah it's impossible um, yeah and you needs to be within this week yeah. You know, like we don't want to wait another week. Otherwise it's, it's too late. Everyone's now talking about the hype for the PA Nats. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can't, um, if you're weak, you're a week too late. It's got to be this week. And then, I mean, if you're getting together, you might as well bang these out. 
So I'll just drop all the episodes all in one day and be like, listen to what you want to listen to. Let's oh, go. It is what it is, man. But um, listen, man, thank you for coming on, Abdul. Uh, thank you so much for bringing me on. Dude. I knew you'd be good. You did a fantastic job. You come well-educated with all the lifters. Um, we got to have you on again, man. 100%. We're gonna have meet you in again. person. Meet you in person in South Africa. Dude, we're going to meet I'll each be other sick. in person. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to hang out, dude. We'll take some pics. We'll hang out, my man. And um, yeah, that's going to be wild. Yeah, and good luck with everything, dude. Stay healthy. Thank you very much. Do your thing. I mean, you've got an absolute phenomenal deadlift on you. So let's see what happens, dude. Yeah, you just got to pull yourself into position. Yeah. I mean, the deadlift is that one weapon you want when it comes to the world championships because you it's the last one. That's when the that's when things shake up. If somebody dropped the ball in squats and bench and you're a debtor, uh-oh. that's where you can pull yourself into a different position. Yeah. Oh that's, <laughs> that's what you say as 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 you, as the dude walks off and squats and he walks by, you go, oh <laughs> oh wow. Right. When in the 105s, everyone is a crazy deadlifter, so that's the problem. That would have to be a phenomenal deadlift, true. But I want where does your deadlift stack up in terms of uh medals for the deadlift event? Oh, good question. Uh, I'm not sure much because there is Mikey Davis is a massive deadlifter in the 850s, maybe. Emil um, is Emil's a motherfucker, too. Emil just pulls until he stops pulling when no one knows what that is. <laughs> he pulls when he needs to, <laughs> and then Coco pulls around 365 maybe 370 so they're a bit further ahead but i've got 11 weeks to maybe put something together so we'll see dude 11 weeks is long enough it is yeah let's see what happens man let's see what happens i'm excited we're gonna hang out nonetheless dude we'll no hang problem. out Looking nonetheless to it. um sounds good uh so uh, one more time let everybody know if they want to like follow you abdul in terms of youtube instagram or get do you do coaching as well Oh, no, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I've got, okay. I've got no time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But if people want to follow you, sir. Yeah, Um. so if you just want to follow me, I have a YouTube channel. It's a small one, but it's called um, Majid Suleiman. So it's M-O-J-E-E-D and then S-U-L-A-Y-M-A-N. Um, I'll try and post more preview shows for powerlifting content on there and just more discussion, news reels, and just trying to put the the sport on the bigger platform if possible. And then my YouTube is underscore Abdul Majid. So A-B-D-U-L-M-O-J-E-E-D. And also I like to use the challenges to shout out SBD Apparel because they send me a lot of free stuff <laughs> and also new fit because um, they've also been um, sending me some free stuff too that helps with my recovery and training. Beautiful, buddy. You know what? I should have asked you that about sponsors in the last episode. I usually do, but I forgot. That. <laughs> no, I'm, glad you th- I'm glad you threw it out there, dude, because no, nah, I mean, if, if, if you don't, I mean, they're doing so much, right? They fly yeah. us all over the place and whatnot. Arian, you want to let people know how to get a hold of you, sir? On Instagram, Coach Aaron K. And if you just search like Coach Aaron on YouTube, I come up as well. Um, and email, whatever, is just Aaron at thestrengthguys.com. So whatever way you want to contact me, uh, you can send us whatever information or ideas or reviews or feedback, whatever, on the podcast. Uh, you can send us on either of those or any of those places. Yeah, and you're running, you're in that Discord all the time, That the, the uh, Positions of Power Discord Yep, there's a Discord as well. I got the link in my bio. Uh, Ryan has it in the King of Lifts bio, so you can always go in there and give us feedback in there as well. We are, always ask people like, hey, who do you want on next? Or here's the latest episode. What do you guys think? Uh, we got the preview shows coming up for uh, Worlds. We got the Fantasy League coming up. Lots of things coming up that are going to be pretty interesting for this year. And someone shot out a good idea for a guest. Who was that? I forget. Someone said to bring on uh, Mike T since he just competed again after six oh, years. Oh, that was That's impressive. Right. That was an impressive performance. Yeah. 
We got to bring back Mike T for sure. 100%. We've had him on a bunch of times. We're going to have him on again for sure. It's Mike T for God's sake. So yeah, good idea, man. Don't like, uh, feel free to nudge me here. And if I forget, because we got like PA Nats coming up, I'll, I'll put it in my phone though. There's a couple other people, but in anyone listening, the Gavin Eden podcast is going to drop. It's a three hour banger. So make sure you watch out. We also got slated for the a powerlifting America Nats preview show. Um, legendary game day coach literally wrote the book on it. Matt Gary will be stepping in with legendary game day coaches, area Messi Kamesi and Bill McCarthy. I will be woefully inadequate for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in over my head. I'm the media guy, but it is what it is. So um, make sure you keep an eye out wherever you're listening, subscribe, give us high ratings, much appreciated six pack lap at it until next time. Peace.